1: And on today's show, we're talking about investing. More specifically, we're talking about a lesser known, more complex version of stock trading known as options. In its most simplistic sense, a stock option is the right to buy a specific number of shares of either a stock or an index at a preset price. And these options allow traders to speculate on the directional performance of a stock or index without having to own the shares outright. Stock options trading has traditionally been seen as a risky, complex, and tough-to-learn investing strategy reserved only for the most elite institutional investors on Wall Street. However, in the last decade or so, a few online trading platforms and major brokerages have made concessions to allow some of their supposedly most sophisticated customers to trade options on their own as well. And then... Fast forward to 2020, where we saw a surge in interest from retail investors looking to day trade and participate in the markets more broadly. For better or worse, options trading has now been democratized and made available to just about anyone, regardless of their individual risk tolerance, risk capacity, or overall understanding of the inner workings of options contracts. And while I'm certainly interested in the democratization and the evolution of stock trading in general, I am by no means an expert on the options market, and where it is likely to go from here. So I decided to call up someone who is. My guest, Todd Rampey, is the founder of the Wealth Builders Institute, an online school and community for individuals looking to become options traders. Todd is also the author of Get Paid, Learn to Trade. He's been teaching others for over 10 years now and has been featured in major outlets such as CNBC, Yahoo Finance, American Reporter, Investor Inspiration, and more. So with that brief introduction, welcome Todd Rampy to the Tech Money podcast. Thank you Malcolm. I appreciate
2: that. That was uh, quite a mouthful and you gave a <laughs> lot of great in- great information there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, well, you're the uh you're the encyclopedia here, so I just, you know, I gave my little understanding there, but I'm leaning on you to uh to fill us in on on the the ins and outs. So before we jump into it though, you know, I breezed through your resume pretty quickly in my intro there. Uh, what else should I have included? <sighs>
2: Well, you know, we are an education firm. We do not handle any money. We do not trade money for anyone. We have nothing to do with a brokerage firm. It is strictly, you know, you, it's, you just said, you know, I'm the encyclopedia. That's a, that's a compliment. It's unfortunately not accurate. I'm not, (laughs) but that's pretty much how I view the business. Um, you know, I like to describe the Wealth Builders Institute as the Harvard University of trading educators because we, you know, we teach one method. Mm-hmm. And that one method is, and and my, and the reason for that is when you have something that works, you really don't need to pay attention to anything else. Yeah. So, you know, we teach all of our students the same thing, but the number one thing is that we do not touch anyone's money ever.
1: Understood that I know that comes with its own set of regulations and headaches and everything else that uh, I imagine no person in their, their right mind wants to, you know, open that door. So I get it. Right. Well, I mentioned in my intro that you've been trading for quite a while on your own, right? You've been trading your own money yes. uh, for a while, but then you decided to start teaching options trading as your main focus about 10 years ago, from, from what I understand. What was the reason for that pivot? Why worry about other folks?
2: Well, I... You know, I've been trading for 24 years mm-hmm. and I started out and I got real lucky and I I had a mentor and I refer to him as my seven figure mentor for obvious reasons. It's what he, what he was able to, to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started doing it and, you know, out of the gate, I was pretty good. You know, I don't mean to, you know, pat myself on the back here, but I didn't have a lot of the fear that uh, most people do and emotions, you know, in trading there are two emotions, fear and greed. Mm-hmm. And, it, and And I didn't have those. But what happened was when I started doing well, I started making, you know, probably my third month, I was making about, I don't know, $100,000 a month. And when you make that kind of money, you you, you tend to brag about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) to your friends and family. And uh, which I did. And I kept saying, hey, you know, let me show you how to do this. Let me show you how to do this. And some took me up on it and some didn't. But I like to describe WBI, which is, you know, Wealth Builders Institute, as Mm -hmm. it, it happened by accident. I never set out to be a trading educator. I traded for about 12, 13 years, yeah. 14 years. And just through word of mouth, I found that people became interested. They saw what I was doing. And uh, when we moved to Las Vegas, my all of my neighbors, you know, one of them finally, after about two or three months, had the, I'll call it guts to come up and say, hey, what do you do? I don't yeah. see you doing anything. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I'm a trader. You know, I work from home." He's, "Oh, that that explains it." You he know, "Hey, can you teach me?" Hmm. Um, so it, it happened by accident. I started teaching people, and I used to literally run around Las Vegas uh, through word of mouth and, and load my software onto onto my new students' computers. And it got to the point where I had to put my personal trading aside a little bit to to help them hmm. and answer and address those requests that I looked at my wife one day and said, you know, I think there's a business here. And what I like about the business is that it really does help the at-home trader, the yeah. at-home investor, because most people are, you know, I like to describe them and it's not probably doesn't sound that nice, but most people are in spin dry. You know, they really don't know what's going on. They rely on other people to tell them what to do. And and I just say, listen, take control of a little bit, you know, a relatively small amount of your money, and learn how to be self-sufficient. Hmm. you know it's the old give a man a fish or teach a man to fish. So you know we 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 like to teach a, a very simple approach that has very minimal risk and it's 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 one approach that that has nothing to do with the complicated option strategies that you hear about
1: well let's let's hang there for a second. You mentioned a couple of really good things in there. I want to focus on one being the word risk, right? because obviously investing, comes along with its own risks, just inherent in the markets, you start talking about trading, which is basically much, much, much shorter term investing, right? If I had to figure out a technical way to define it. Um, And then, you know, options trading is just like high octane version of that, which is, you know, even more risky, right? So the question I was going to ask you just in there, as you're talking about it is why trade options, rather than just owning the underlying stock outright. Like what's the real advantage that you want folks to actually be able to pull out of it when when you're teaching them? Why not why take that additional risk rather than, you know, owning the individual securities?
2: Well, I I appreciate the the risk question and I also believe that the risk in buying the underlying stock and uh, versus buying the option carries the same risk. Okay. And I'll tell you what I mean because if you wanted to buy I'm looking at my charts right now and you know Facebook right now is trading at $137.58. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go buy a 1000 shares of that, you need 137 let's call it 140. You need $140,000 to buy a 1000 shares. Okay. And that's a lot of money. You know, very few people are walking around with with the ability to to get into that trade and and hope that they make money. When you buy, well, to answer your question directly, the number one reason is for leverage. You can take a very, very small amount of money Mm -hmm. and control a thousand shares of Facebook. Usually for, you know, the way that I teach my students is you can do that with less than 2% of that 140. Mm -hmm. So you can literally, you know, under a $5,000 account, rent a thousand shares. Now people say, this guy's crazy. There's no (laughs) way you can do that because... You know, you. I've seen the option premiums, and they they cost a lot more than that. Well, the yes. secret is to buy the weekly options, the one that ex- the ones that expire every Friday.
1: Yeah.
2: There's three types of trading: day trading, swing trading, and what I like to refer to as buy and pray. Everybody knows it as buy and hold. <laughs> and um, when you are looking for a stock to increase, or in our case, we don't care if it goes up or down, you know, increase or decrease during the day. We want to jump on for a little ride and get out and be in cash at the end of the day. So when we put our head on the pillow at night, we're not worried about our, our money.
1: Got it. So I'm not, I'm not investing in anything that's got the ability to blow up because I'm not sitting at my keyboard at the open tomorrow. I'm closing out each position my my goal is to close out each position before the bell rings at four o'clock. Do I have that? One hundred percent. Okay. One hundred. Okay. So uh, something else I heard you say in there that I wanted to uh, address is the idea of how much it costs to go fishing. To 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 continue your <laughs> analogy, right? Uh, so you mentioned, you know, if I want to go buy Facebook or Meta, it's going to take me over a hundred thousand dollars to get into that position, but I can buy, you know, a thousand options or what have you for significantly less how much are you recommending that your students come to the table with or expect to get into the game with before you open up the seat in the classroom, I guess, to I'm mixing my, my metaphors and analogies all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I follow but, you. you know, I what follow. I mean? like, yeah. like at, at what point can I look and say, yes, I can afford to take this risk and I can afford to take this ride versus, you know, it's not worth it. I'm not going to see enough of a, a, a benefit here. At this dollar level,
2: that question comes up several times every single day. Yeah, and the answer is five thousand okay. dollars. If you don't have at least five thousand dollars to trade with, now I'm going to, you know, be crystal clear here. That doesn't cover your cost of tuition, <laughs> <your> education. <laughs> okay, but if you you need at least five thousand dollars to trade with, and the reason for that is you don't. Well, first of all, we're looking at option premiums that are priced between $1.50 and $2.50. What mm-hmm. that means is one contract that will control 100 shares of stock mm-hmm. requires $150 to a $250 investment. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell everybody from the start, look, we all want to make a lot of money and we all want to make it fast. I understand that. This is not a get rich quick. This is learn how to do something, learn a, a, a lifelong skill. So you want to get in, involved with this and trade with that one contract and be safe so that you can develop your skills. I call it conditioning, you know, mm-hmm. condition yourself for consistency. And that's the key. You know, I ask people all the time, what do you think is the number one benefit or reason that most people get into trading? And they say to make a lot of money. And and I say, yes, of course. But the, the one thing that they need to focus on, the most important is being consistent. Yeah. Because if you're consistent,
1: the, the rewards will come. Which is interesting coming from a guy who's based in Las Vegas, right? As <laughs> you're talking about this, what I'm thinking about is right. I don't gamble very much because I don't like losing money. And when I think about the experience of playing blackjack, for example, right, I'm really good at playing blackjack, blackjack for about 30 minutes. I'm really good at playing blackjack disciplined. For about 30 minutes, and I will continue to make the same bets consistently and see the cash, you know, continue to build because, you know, if you pay close enough attention, you usually can sustain a win for a small period of time in a casino. Right. But then all there's always that human emotion and that tendency to lean forward a little bit more and start to bet bigger so that your wins are bigger so that you can get to those bigger dollars faster. And that's Im- immediately what came to mind as you were talking about this idea that it's much more about being consistent and learning how to be consistent than it is making a ton of money really fast because you got lucky. It's, exactly. It sounds like your focus with your, your course is a lot more about learning how to, uh, learning what your particular shot is to, to, to use a sports analogy, right? Like everybody's got their spot on the floor in basketball that they like to shoot from. And right. I'm, I'm paraphrasing you here, but it sounds like that's more what you're talking about. Not so much striking your rich cause you got lucky hitting it from half court, but more so finding your spot on the floor and just getting there over and over and over.
2: Exactly. And it's one of the hardest things for the new student to put into action. I can imagine. Because you know, like you, I'm 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 not a gambler. Mm-hmm. I will sit down at a blackjack table, and it, what you said is almost a mirror image of how I do it. You know, I don't. I'll, I'll go to the casinos when people are visiting. And I'll pull a $100 bill out of my wallet, put it on the table, and I'll think, what am I doing? <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is stupid. Uh, but, you know, I, I just have to chalk it up to being, you know, it's entertainment. And, yeah. and, and you yeah. know, the people that I'm with are like, what are you worried about? You know, you're you're a gambler in a different form. And I said, no, no, wash your mouth out. <laughs> I, I, I am a a strategic investor based on probabilities and based on low risk and high reward, not just the turn of a card for sure. And, and I look at this like it's, you know, it's a waste of money, but I, I do it. And I will tell you this, Malcolm, that, that I'm pretty good for about as long as you said too, somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes. And even with all of my trading discipline, I still look at it. And after about that time, I have to kind of rein myself back and say, mm-hmm, you know what? Mm-hmm. You made two or 300, get up and leave. And I was with a friend of mine one time and, and I was up 450 bucks. And I and I stood up and he said, where are you going? I said, I'm done. And he said, well, what are you, a chicken? <laughs> I said, no. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to go order some chicken. I said, this me this money is gonna go pay for my meal, pay for my wife's meal. I'm gonna go get a big fat cigar. I'm gonna, you know, drink a bottle of whatever. And it's all on this casino. Right. And it's all because I sat there for 30 minutes. But I know that the odds are against me if I stay. So have a nice day.
1: Yeah. And that's the challenge. It's the getting up and walking away that that hooks, you know, most of us and the reason that the house always wins. So you said something else that that I wanted to circle back to really quickly. You mentioned the uh, the the idea of newer traders. And one of the questions that I had for you coming into this was whether you feel like trading platforms such as Robinhood and others make it too easy for novices to trade options and should, should put in place more safeguards like the more stodgy Wall Street firms like your Morgan Stanley's or your Merrill Lynch's.
2: You know, when I first started trading, I was taught how to trade the OEX options mm-hmm. from my mentor. And while I was learning this process, I discovered futures. You know, the e- ma- the um, electronic markets came out in 97, mm-hmm. and I started trading them in in 98, early 98. And I did it because I wanted a little bit more action. I didn't realize uh, I didn't appreciate and respect the value of discipline. And back then, you you needed $5,500 to put into an account to trade one contract. Mm-hmm. So I put 55,000. I said, well, I'm going to trade 10 contracts. So I put, I funded my account with 55,000. Now you fast forward and you can now trade one contract with $300. Yep. These brokerage firms have opened up the floodgates to allow all these people in because they, that's where they make their money. Sure. And, you know, to, to, and i and i've said this many times it's interesting that you ask this question because i've said many times i wish they would go back to making the entry price more challenging because the, it to me it's a clear it's a it's a money grab mm-hmm. i understand business completely but it's it's just not fair they know that the statistics are against the trader and when you make things really really easy for something that is emotionally taxing and involved as trading they're almost, you know, when they're, when they're doing their projections, it's like, well, let's bring in a thousand people because we know 950 of them are going to lose their money. And we'll just, you know, get it real quick. So my, yeah. my, my short answer is yes. I think they really should bring something back like that. But on the other hand, you know, I respect business and, and also people, they're going to make their own decisions. You know, you, you walk into a casino here, and you hear it all the time. The guy's that you know talking to his wife. She wants to go shopping, and he wants to gamble. And he goes, "Hey, honey, don't worry. I've got five hundred bucks. I won't lose any more than that." Mm-hmm. You know, she walks away, and I, I I've heard that many times. And I you know I'm with a friend of mine, and I I laugh and I say, "What do you think that guy's going to do? He's going to sit at that table mm-hmm. until that five hundred dollars is gone."
1: And that's the part that I. Well, that's part of what I am concerned about as I ask you that question. So I, I was honestly wasn't sure which direction you were gonna take it or which side of the fence, you know, you would you would land. But the concern that I have is more around making it too easy for people who don't necessarily understand all of the risks. Right. Like I feel like if I walk into a physical casino, I know at least to some degree what I've come to do and what I'm up for. right? Right. Whereas if I open an app on my phone, a gambling app on my phone, maybe I truly don't understand exactly what I'm doing and and what I'm getting, but I, I still have some idea that it's gambling. But then you extrapolate that out to something complex as investing in the markets or trading in the markets. And that doesn't necessarily translate into speculation and gambling the way that it should to me in some cases. And so I just feel like for platforms, I'm beating up on Robin Hood here because to me, they're kind of public enemy number one in this arrangement that they've created. But having the ability as a brand new novice trader, I literally opened my account this morning and at 12 PM today, I'm able to trade options and trade options on leverage so on, on margin. So I'm able to, turbocharge my losses if there are any, and I'm able <laughs> right. to turbocharge my gains if there are any. And so I'm really getting a, a distorted view of how this thing is supposed to work in a market where everything is going up and to the right and everybody's a genius until November 2021 comes. And as Warren Buffett likes to say, the tide goes out. and Now we can finally see who's swimming naked. And unfortunately, at that point, you're learning the lesson to the tune of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in losses, as I've seen in multitudes of documentaries that have been done about this period. And that's the part that I'm concerned about. So to your point, I think that it's great that the price of the options contracts have come down some to get it to to buy you know, a block. But I also think, I don't necessarily think we have to increase what the the price of admission is to buy a contract, but I do think we need to make it a little bit tougher to just jump right in, throw a bunch of money in the market, see what happens, and then find out the hard way that you're down tens of thousands of dollars before you've ever even been asked to prove that you understood the risks and the consequences associated with those sets of actions. That's fair. I agree with that. You know, trading is such a mindset mm-hmm.
2: and I talk to traders all the time and have for, for years and talk to thousands of them and they are under the impression that things have to be complex in order to be profitable
1: mm-hmm. and
2: they don't. Mm-hmm. And so they don't take, and, and and it's, you know, to what you were saying, it's it's odd to me that someone that comes to the table with that mindset, that, oh, this is going to be difficult, but you know what? Open up the account and let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. doesn't equate. It doesn't make sense. And, and that's why we focus on, I, I have to, I feel like, you know, if you, th- this visual is I feel like people, when I talk to them, it's like they're walking eight feet off the ground. And I have to grab their ankles and pull them back down <laughs> to reality yeah. and say, listen. Yes, you can make money. You know, this is the world's greatest business. You can start off small and you can scale and the market will absorb any amount of money that you have. Yeah. But this is not a race, man. Take it easy. Take it easy. Get yourself educated. And get yourself, you know, put yourself in the best possible position to profit. Don't just look at this like it's, hey, I'm going to give that a shot. Yeah. No, this requires time. It requires investment, you know, and, and, and I say that you can get to the point where you make more than your family doctor and your family lawyer. Hmm. You just have to be disciplined. And now, if you, if you use those two people as, as, as a, a point of reference, how many years did that doctor go to school? you know, to get that education and become a doctor and his incredibly expensive malpractice insurance and all of that. And here you are (laughs) entering a business where you could literally, you know, within a year be making two or three times with that guy. I've got a friend here in Las Vegas that's a a doctor. I know exactly what he makes. And I have students that make more than he does. Hmm. And and with a 60-day learning curve, 90-day learning curve, it doesn't equate. So, you know, they, they, they need to be, there's responsibility, you know, with, with, I don't think, I can't remember the line, uh, with great,
1: something great power comes, comes great responsibility. Thank you. Thank you. Not and, that I've ever seen Spider-Man 10 times or, or you know, <laughs> what have you, but so yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I don't
2: know. It, should there, should there be a, a, a test that everybody has to take before they get in? My the my software runs on trades on the TradeStation platform, and um, they have to fill out you know pretty extensive application to be able to open an account. So I have no idea what the r- requirements are with Robinhood. I've never even seen the app, but I would imagine that they have to follow the same rules as every other
1: brokerage firm. No, I've I've actually dug into this out of curiosity. It's it's wow. very minimal. It is it's click a few check boxes. It's, it's no different than checking the boxes to, to update your Apple iOS. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, Then that is irresponsible. It's it's just check a couple of boxes, a test that you've read a document that you know, good and well, you haven't read just like everything else we subscribe (laughs) to and you're off to the races. Hey there
3: listeners. It's Eric with an a, and I'm interrupting the show for just a moment to tell you about our newest offering, the tech money guide to restricted stock units. This guide was developed to teach those who are paid in RSUs to develop a plan for how and when to convert those shares into actual dollars, as well as how to incorporate them into your overall personal financial plan. You may have already heard episode 50 where Malcolm described the guide in detail, as well as his own philosophy and rules of thumb when it comes to managing this valuable form of equity compensation. If you haven't, no problem. We would still encourage you to head on over to tech-money.com and download a free copy of the guide today. There's also a link to it in the show notes of this episode. Again, that web address is tech-money.com, and you can download a free copy of the guide right there from the homepage. In keeping with the promise of this show, our hope is that the Tech Money Guide to Restricted Stock Units helps make you just a little smarter about your money. Now back to the show.
1: So let's, let's dig in a little bit more there, right? You mentioned your software, and I do want to turn the conversation back to education that this is supposed to be about, not so much Malcolm putting a dark cloud or a damper on people's ambitions of becoming swing traders, right? So I, I, I understand that the focus of your teaching is this proprietary software that you've built that you personally rely on to help you spot, spot market trends and time your trades and that sort of thing. Is that right?
2: it is and and what i teach people to do is spot intraday market reversals because that's where the smart money the professional traders pick the pockets of the retail traders hmm. they do it okay. every single day they've been doing it forever they'll continue to do it because the retail traders will continue to make the same mistakes over and over again out of out of emotion
1: and say and- a little bit more about that like where where do you pick up these market reversals, is it? And by the way, you're talking to a buy it, hold it, forget about it investor. So like completely feel free to, there's no sacred cows, I guess I should say on this. So just, you know.
2: Okay. Well, we watch three different timeframes and that gives us a slow, medium and fast snapshot of what's taking place in the market right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as I said before, the three types of markets, day trading, swing trading, buy and hold. And to me, you know, virtually everybody hears day trading and they go, oh, that's gambling. I understand why they think that. But when you when you peel back the, the curtain or the onion or however, however, you, however you want to say that, mm-hmm. it, you realize that the people that are making the most money are the ones that are doing it on an intraday basis. And those are the professional traders the smart money the the hedge funds the banks you know people think that bank of america makes their money from car loans and mortgages no way they're one of the largest world's largest
1: traders okay and, you might and, be about to educate me on something new cuz i'm in that camp that 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 that's where i think they earn their their revenue
2: oh it's 100% trading and a huge volume i mean there's we we shot a video several months ago where one of my one of my uh, people here dug up an article where there was a a nine month period. I could be wrong on this, so don't hold me to it. But like a nine month, ten month period where one of the professional trading firms didn't have a losing day. Hmm. And you ask yourself, well, first of all, I ask myself, how can I learn that? <laughs> we all want to be able to do that. Yeah. And and so what they do is during the day, you know, we will see the price. Any, any anybody that looks at a at a chart can see that the price is going down. And then all of a sudden for apparently no reason, it'll just do an about face. It's dropping and all of a sudden it'll stop. A couple minutes go by and then the price spikes up.
1: Yeah. We've just had a, a couple of those in, in the last, I don't know, five trading days while yep. the Fed is tinkering with interest rates.
2: Right. and it But it happens on an intraday basis. So we'll mm-hmm. see. You know, three to five or six times a day. You know, I mentioned um, Facebook a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. and whether it's Facebook, Nvidia, Apple doesn't matter. They will make these, for again, for no apparent reason, reversals. And what that is is the smart money, the professional traders picking the pockets of the retail trader. In that, hey, we 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 are showing you, we're selling the market. Okay. The price is going down. We're shorting the market mm-hmm. and the whole public, the, the, the public is always late to the party, by the way. So they, they look at that and they say, Oh, the price is going down. I'm going to short it, or I'm going to get out of my positions. I don't want to lose anymore, but let's just think like a trader. Okay. So they, th- they think, well, I'm going to follow the trend and the trend right now is going down. So I'm going to get on. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to buy I'm going to short some stock. Well, buy puts in the option world. Well all of a sudden the price goes starts to go back up and they get a little nervous they go uh oh the price is changing on me and they they have very low risk tolerance so you know they might see a 10% drawdown and say that's it I can't take any more of getting out and then the price starts going down again and they go what the heck you know I just got out well I guess I was wrong I got to get back in they get back in and then it goes down for another 5 or 10 minutes and all of a sudden reverses again and and then this time it turns and then shoots up and goes up, you know, one or two or $3. And that's when they get hurt. You know, they 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 took a losing trade, a small loss. They got back in because they felt like the trend was continuing. The smart money says, no, you know, just kidding and and reverses it again. And they hang on a little bit longer because of that fear and greed. Or they say, you know what? I just saw this movie 10 minutes ago and I know how it ends. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting out yet because this was a head fake and they're going to do it again, except this time they run it up. Mm -hmm. And the reason they, they take it back down is to buy it back at a better price. And then as, as then they shoot the price up, my software, triple sync logic software gives us the ability. It's not like a red light, green light system. It is a method that you, that we teach where you spot when, The indicators are either in a green buy zone or a red sell zone, and they all agree, and we see, and this is incredibly important, we see two of our patterns. We have to see these patterns to confirm that it is, in fact, the smart money at work. And then we have a proprietary dot indicator that plots on the screen letting us know that yes at, at this particular time at this in this price bar there are more buyers than sellers or there are more sellers than buyers so it's appropriate to get in and only then when we see those three things do we participate and I tell people all the time listen we get paid for being patient mm-hmm. we're not day traders that were you know just in and out of the market you know 50 times a day my students on average probably don't make more than three or four trades a day. And it's because we wait for these A plus high value trades to set up. And that's where you, you know, it just, to me, it's common sense. If you, if you can sit there and wait and watch the market for an hour and something sets up where there's an, you know, and I'm going to make this up. This is not accurate. Where there's a 90% probability of you making money. Sure. Shouldn't you only want to take those trades, because that's all I'd want to take.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that, as a as a I'd quick do. diversion, as you're describing the pattern that you're watching and the, the trades that are actually happening from the quote unquote smart money traders, I can't help but think that this is where the true value of payment for order flow shows, right? You just described probably eight trades, I think, through the course of a trading day mm-hmm. that would need to be made to make the market move in these directions. And each time, if I am one of the brokerage firms that doesn't charge any fees for trades, which is the majority of them, that means that I'm getting paid for order flow instead in some way or another. Right. This is exactly why it's so valuable because each time those waves break and a new trade is placed, I'm getting to ring the register regardless of what direction the waves actually go. But I won't take us down that rabbit hole again because you know we, <laughs> we could burn an entire episode on pay, payment for order flow alone. But what I was thinking about as you're describing this is the software itself sounds like it's like the most valuable part of the business. No offense to you as the the teacher, but why not sell the software itself instead of even having to deal with people, if that makes sense?
2: Because you can't, if I handed it, it's funny. One of, one of my guys here in the office just the other day said something about, Showing the software, I did a webinar this morning, Mm -hmm. and I show all the software. And I used to cover up the indicators, and he said, "Who cares? Let them see it." Yeah, he said the real value is in the education, and I said, "You know what? You're right, but I still, you know, because I've had other trading educators try and reverse engineer my stuff, so I'm a little, you know, obviously, understandably, a little protective of it. But you can't just give someone this the software, and they they could they they won't be able to make it. They really need the education, and so I've put the two together. The course includes a lifetime license to the software mm-hmm. and the education. And our educ you know on the educational side, we spend eight consecutive weeks where all new students meet once a week with one of my certified trainers and answer all of their questions. You know, give them all the the coaching and training that they need on an instant basis. You ask a question, you're going to get an instant answer from someone that's been doing this for 20 years. Okay. And um, to me, that's, that's, it's invaluable. I think that actually, I think the coaching calls are the coaching sessions are as equally, if not more valuable than the actual rules, because you're listening to someone that's done it for such a long time. And that, that guy doesn't have to think about the answer. He knows it like the back of his hand.
1: Well, let's talk about those rules for a second, because I know you have what you call your three golden rules of options trading. Would you care to share with us, you know what they are?
2: sure. actually, i I, I just did a minute ago. I should have been a little uh, clearer in, in saying that this is what I was describing. The <laughs> okay. first one I is, you know the oscillators have to be in that green buy green buy or sell uh, red sell zone. We have to have two patterns, and we have to see our proprietary turn bar dot appear. And when we have those three things, the way that my mentor used to describe it to me was the preponderance of evidence shows that it is a good time to get in the trade. Hmm. So those are the three things, okay. the three key rules I call them.
1: Well, I appreciate you restating them anyway, because you're right. I didn't get them as these are the the, sure. the golden rules, but I guess you're so used to talking about it with your uh, students and, and, giving that, presenting that that way that they just flow for you. You're just, uh, you're, you're, you're ready to jump into it. But so one another thing I'm thinking about, since this is, you know, the place tech workers come to get smarter about their money, one of the main reasons, reasons that I wanted to have you on uh, is this online school for options trading that you've built. But then separately from that, you know, I'm thinking about this audience specifically. I think options trading is especially interesting to them, because a number of our listeners are paid in equity as part of their total compensation package, mm-hmm. meaning at the end of each quarter or maybe semi-annually, however their vesting schedule works, they end up with a few more shares of stock in their respective company. And so for someone who's looking to hold on to those shares long term, it might be an appealing option to employ something like a covered call strategy, right? That's when I get asked about on a somewhat frequent basis, but that's their entree into the markets in their entree into figuring out whether they want to trade options and that sort of thing. Can you say a bit about that strategy and why it might be advantageous to someone who, you know, wants to trade options? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and let
1: me tell you why okay, I'm giving you my,
2: my wise guy response because I don't know how to do it. Hmm, okay. Now I'll tell you this when I, I think it was the second visit when I flew out to see my mentor, I wanted to impress him with, with my, you know, taking the initiative and reading a whole bunch of options books. And so when I walked into his house, I said, Hey, you know, I read this book had this one and this one. And he looked at me and said, Todd, do you want to become an expert at options? Or do you want to learn how to make money trading options?
1: Hmm.
2: And I said, the latter. He said, that's what I thought. Put the books down, come over here and sit down. He said, I'm going to teach you to become a directional trader. If we think the market's going up, we're going to buy calls. If we think the market's going down, we're going to buy puts. That's it. End of story. No complicated strategies. And I've said this many, many times where a friend of mine likes to say, if I put a gun to your head, what would you say? And I said, I would die if somebody (laughs) put a gun to my head and said, put on a covered call because I I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do an iron condor, butterfly. I don't know anything about those. All I know how to do is buy calls and buy puts because it works. And my attitude is, if it works, then you don't need anything else. And I think I said that earlier.
1: That's a a, a very good way to approach it, in my opinion. I think that you just raised another issue for me in my mind when it comes to folks wanting to get into options trading, which is that Folks are following whatever the trend is on social media or on Reddit, or wherever else they've Googled it. And so they're by and large learning different strategies and conflating them all together and trying to use that as the way to trade options. So that's mm-hmm. a fair point that I don't think we necessarily made all the way through in the very beginning, which is that figuring out which strategy works for you. Like I referred to initially as finding your spot on the floor and shooting from there. Uh, Aside from having the consistency of, you know, here is our window, here is what our proprietary software has taught us is the spot to the trigger it's also about figuring out what is the strategy that works best for your situation and sticking with it right so as i'm talking about writing covered calls if i'm a person who owns 200 a million dollars worth of apple shares that i don't intend to sell anytime soon maybe it is worthwhile to me to write some covered calls i won't dig into the specifics of how the, the sure. strategy works because it's a podcast and it's hard to do math over audio but essentially you're buying call options on a stock you already own with the anticipation that you're not going to have to actually execute on it because the stock is going to go up longer term. So you're going far longer than where you, Todd, are talking about because you're talking about options trades that close very quickly. And yes. the covered call writing strategy is the opposite of that. It's it's you're going as far out as you can to get that additional little uh, uh, bump, that additional little income from your stock not taking a dip and you not having to to make good on it. So I definitely think your point about figuring out where your spot is and just sticking with that is a really good one that you know is another point of caution for folks who are considering you know options trading in, in general. Um, and you were you were saying something there about momentum and being able to to get a feeling for which direction the market is going because you guys are directional traders. So I want to go back to that really quickly and just ask, is there something that you use to determine what direction do you believe the market is heading? Or is it more of just, we wait for the open, we look at where the futures are before the open, and we just assume that that's the direction we're going? Am I oversimplifying there?
2: I don't think so, but it's, it's a, a, a slightly different in that we don't we don't look at where the futures are going or anything. And I describe this as, as pay attention to what your charts are telling you right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I grew up in the Boston area and I use this analogy all the time. It's like if you're lying in bed watching the 11 o'clock news and everybody's talking about the you know giant nor'easter that's coming in, big snowstorm, and the weather person comes on TV and says, Tomorrow morning, when everybody wakes up, there's going to be somewhere between eleven and sixteen inches of snow on the ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't lie in bed and say, "Ah, I don't believe you." You prepare. <laughs> you put put gas in the snow blower, put the plow on, get the shovel ready, the boots by the door, all that. And when I describe the typical person looking at charts, they want to not believe what they see. Mm-hmm. It's called confirmation bias. And they look at the charts and they say, yes, I know, I see the price is going up, but the guy on CNBC this morning said that the price was going down or they're going to have bad earnings or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, how many times have you heard, uh, seen where the earnings report comes out and everybody says, oh, it's going to be great. And it comes out higher than expected, yet the stock price drops. Yeah, Why is that? Well, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's because the smart money was already in pumping up that price prior to the announcement because they knew it. Um, but that's just my take on it. So what what would I do with that information? When I say the information, I'm watching my charts and I see the price drop when that earnings report comes out. I'm going to trade my charts. Hmm. I'm not going to do anything but trade my charts because I'm interested I'm I, my vision. it's like I have blinders on. I'm only interested in what is taking place in the market right now. I don't care about the closing bell or depending on how cl- far, you know, close it is. Yeah, I don't care about tomorrow. I don't care about next week. I care about what's taking place right now and how can I pull money out of the market right now. And I want to say one more thing about this when you talked about, the covered calls and the longer term strategies mm-hmm. you know my my brain immediately goes to well look what's happened to most stocks over the last couple of months yep. because i'm looking at a chart right here of nvidia and on august 16th nvidia was at $191.64 a share and right now it's $131 yeah so it's dropped $60 in that short period of time so someone who Believes in their company and goes out on a limb and, and buys those longer-term call options. They didn't pan out so well, and 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 that's the hard part, you know, because it, it the the farther out you go, the harder it is to be accurate, and that's why I subscribe to a couple of services that I that I look at what the fund managers and the, the you know one of the One of the uh, headings on the site is the experts. You know, what do the top analysts say? What do they say? And you go look at their percentage of gains or or losses, and they're not very impressive. Mm -hmm. And I take, you know, I take my students and I say, listen, with a $3,000 investment, you can make five or 600 bucks, 800 bucks, whatever it is. Do that a couple of times a day. And that's real money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah the the thing i just learned in that that last lesson you gave us was don't buy options on chip stocks but i assume <laughs> that's probably not what i was supposed to to get from that but anyway I, I i my last question actually has probably has nothing to do with wbi so you can kind of take your your uh wealth builders Institute had all for a second and relax your shoulders a little bit, but let's say for a moment, you never found your passion for this. You never stumbled across options trading. So you had to find a different way to occupy your days, but money wasn't a factor in your decision-making at all. What do you think you'd be doing right now?
2: You know, it's funny because I started a business about 25 years ago and the business did very, very well for four months. (laughs) And the reason that it didn't last beyond that is that the real estate, it was tied to real estate and the real estate market in Boston at the time around 1992 just came to a screeching halt. So my business went from doing very well one day to literally nothing the next. Hmm. And then I started another business and I said uh, to a friend of mine, I said, you know what, If this doesn't work out, I said, I'm moving to Mexico and I'm renting jet skis on the beach. And what's funny is I I got into trading. And Hmm. at first I actually got into wholesaling cars and I was, I was doing that for quite a while. And I was shipping cars to Europe, bringing them down from Canada, doing the, I was a registered importer and I would change the, the, you know, the odometers and all that, and then sell them at the auction. But then I started shipping them to Europe and making a fair amount of money doing that. And then I got into trading, but then I moved to Mexico and I actually, <laughs> one day I said to my wife, I said, I'd like to have a little dune buggy or something, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's like the wild West down there. You can drive anything on the, on the road without it being registered or insured. And, um, and I said, but I don't really want to have it all the time. And we stopped and talked to this, this couple that were, they're not, not a couple two coworkers that were renting ATVs and that kind of thing. And I said, well, you know, I'd like to buy something, but I really don't, I'm not going to drive it every day. So maybe we'll work out a deal. I'll put it in your fleet and you can rent it when I'm not using it. And the more we talked the the, the girl said, she said, why don't you do this? She goes, my boss doesn't really know what he's doing. And you sound like you know what you do. And I, so by accident, I started a business. You know, my name is Todd and ATVs are known as quads. So I started a business <laughs> called Todd's Quads. And and one day it occurred to me, we were sitting there. And I looked at my wife and I said, do you remember I told you that story about if things don't work out one day, I'm going to be in, in Mexico renting jet skis on the beach. I said, it's it's about as close as you can possibly get to that exact scenario, but I did it with a lot different, you know, uh, I, I didn't do it because I I kind of threw in the towel and went down there. You know, it was a sideline thing because I didn't want to keep going to the ATM to get pesos. Yeah. So, you know, w- what would I do? Uh I don't know. I mean, I love to work. I'm a am uh, an early riser type of guy. I've, I've I've renovated a I don't know 13 or 14 houses. I did that while I was a trader, and quickly I don't want to say quickly. After 13 houses, you would think I've learned it. I would have learned it quicker. But I after after about the eighth house, I I said, what am I doing? It's much easier to make money sitting in front of my computer trading <laughs> than it is dealing with all this aggravation. So I I don't know. I mean, I'm getting a little a little windy. You know, long winded here. About the answer, I'm not too sure, but I haven't worked for anybody since I was 25. I'll be 58 in November, and always done well. And and I just I do, I I don't really listen to what the what everybody else says. I kind of do what I want.
1: I and, guess that's and, a testament of of loving what you do, if nothing yes. else. I guess that's what <laughs> that's the 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 bow we can put on, and or the silver lining that we can find in it. Todd, I do appreciate you being so. Uh, generous with your time here. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you or Wealth Builders Institute after this goes live? Two places. One of
2: them is wealthbuildersinstitute.com and the other is wbitrading.com. It'll take you to our website and within, oh, probably 48 hours, you'll see a new video up there that explains everything and a lot of what we talked about today and, and how you can get involved.
1: Well, on that note, Eric with an A, why don't you go ahead and close us out, sir.
3: All right. I would be happy to. learn a ton today, as I'm sure the audience in my head is kind of spinning here. Uh, so with great knowledge comes great responsibility, almost a Spider-Man quote, but uh, not as good as you, Malcolm <laughs> or Todd. Todd, thank you so much for being here. This is, this is outstanding. Malcolm, of course, thank you for being the man and facilitating this. And our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Tech Money Podcast with Malcolm Etheridge. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Malcolm comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast and leave a review as this does actually help others find the show. You can connect with Malcolm on social at Malcolm on Money. We'd love to hear from you and answer any questions you have, and you can do so by emailing them to podcast at tech-money.com. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Tech Money, our hope is that this show helped make you a little smarter about your money.
0: This has been the Tech Money Podcast. For more information on today's topic, To review the show notes, or to catch up on past episodes, be sure to check out malcolmetheridge.com slash podcast. And if you have an idea for a show topic that you'd like us to cover, or you want to send us feedback, the web address again is malcolmetheridge.com. You can also find Malcolm across all social media platforms at Malcolm on Money. This episode was written and created by Malcolm Etheridge with the production, the editing and sound controls powered by Proudmouth. This has been a Malcolm on Money original. Thank you for listening.